Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Amen. I'm thankful for God's presence. Thankful that the Lord chooses to be with us tonight. Amen. Amen. I just feel the anointing that destroys the yoke. I'm thankful for what God did this morning. I'm thankful for what he's going to do tonight. Amen. I just believe that what I, what I preached this morning, I think the turning point is when we begin to worship him. Amen. I'm not in this, Lord, for the miracles or for the handouts, but I'm in this to worship you. Amen. And in, in the midst of our worship, God, you know, he can't stop. He can't stop a worshiper. Amen. There's nothing and there's no one that can stop a worshiper. Do you know that? The man in, in Matthew 8, the leper came and, and he bowed down and he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will, you can heal me. And Jesus simply said, the scripture said he bowed down, he worshiped him. Amen. That word worship literally meaning like a dog coming before its master and licking its master's hand. How long has it been since you really desired to be in the presence of God like a dog, just to, happy to be in the midst of the master? Amen. How long has it been since I really worshiped him? And that 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 man that was uh, ate up with that disease of leprosy, you know, it was it was against the law for him to approach Jesus like that. He was breaking the law. <laughs> he was breaking the law. And, and, and you're supposed to be six feet away at all times. You're supposed to be 150 feet away when the wind is blowing. But this man in Matthew chapter 8, he did, it, it said great multitudes follow Jesus, but he cut him off at the pass and said, if you will, you can make me clean. And, and the scripture said, Jesus stretched forth his hand and said, I will be thou clean. And it's, and it's that simple. When I come to worship him, I, nothing can stop a worshiper. No law, no, uh, no person, no crowd. The devil can't stop a worshiper. Mark chapter five, the, the demon possessed man, when the scripture said, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Nothing can stop a worshiper. Not even 6,000 demons uh, can stop a worshiper. If it's in your heart to worship God and to surrender yourself, empty yourself before the King of Kings. Can I tell you, nothing can stop it. Amen. Not even Jesus Christ himself, as we read this morning, could stop a, a worshiper. And the lady came before him and, and the scripture said she worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. And I'm telling you, when you begin to worship God, all of a sudden, Jesus, his ears are, 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 are turned toward the cry of his children. And when you begin to worship him, he can't help himself. Not even God Almighty, robed in flesh, can stop a worshiper. How powerful is that? Then you begin to worship God that nothing can stop your worship. Well, why don't we just take some time and do that? Can we just lift up our hands right now? Say, Lord, we're here to worship you. I know it's a, it's different. I know it's an off night. I know, it, you know, we don't usually have Sunday night service, but but I'm making up my mind tonight, Lord, that I'm in your presence. I'm in your house. I've come for one reason, to worship you. I've come to let you know that you're my God. You're, you're my priority, Lord. You sit upon the throne of my heart. I, I, I'm not my own, God, but I'm yours. I'm bought with a price, Lord, and, and you reign upon the throne of my 
heart. You are the king of my life, and I'm here to exalt you. I'm here to magnify you, Lord. And in the midst of my worship, Lord, all of a sudden, every need's going to be met. All of a sudden, everything's going to... If you need healing today, I'm telling you, the pathway to your healing is through your worship. If you need deliverance, if you need salvation, the pathway to your miracle, whatever it is you need from God, it's through your worship. If you will worship him, God will stop at nothing to stretch forth his hand and make sure that your need is met. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I believe healing virtue can flow right now. Come on. I believe the presence of the Lord is here. He didn't just show up to check this off his list, but God showed up with, for, for purpose, for reason. Come on. The Holy Spirit is here. He didn't just show up to play games, but he had a purpose. He's got a purpose in mind. And for whosoever will, if you will, by faith, approach the Lord and, and worship him, I'm telling you, you'll receive what you need from God tonight. I'm so thankful for what the Lord wants to do. Amen. Thank you, God, for your presence. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Amen. I, I, I just feel like the Lord has been talking to me about, about faith, about faith. He's been on me about faith, and I can't, I can't get off the subject, and everywhere I turn, it's faith and, and trusting God. There's a dynamic to faith that often we don't think about. Faith is a little bit more than just trusting and obeying God. Do you know that? Faith has got another element that simple trust and obedience do not have. And faith has an element of expectation. When you have faith in God, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's as if, you know, it's, you, you're turning from I'm, I'm just simply trusting you to all of a sudden I'm expecting, Lord, that you're going to hold true to your end of the bargain here. I'm expecting now that what you've said in your word, you're going to do. It's not as I'm simply trusting you to lead me and I'm just kind of moping around trusting. But no, I've got a different element. When I have faith, it's an expectation in my heart that you're true to your word. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. And God's going to do some great things. I, if, you'll, if you'll stand with me, I'd just like to go to scripture. I, I want to keep it short tonight. And I think that's the purpose. I'd like to get out of the way and just let the Lord do what he wants to do. I mean, we talked this morning about what faith does, and, and I want to talk to you about our inheritance. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. This scripture has been on my heart about the inheritance that we have as the children of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Wow, we are children of God. And if we are children, notice the progression here, though. We're children of God if what? If we are led by the Spirit of God. We are only children of God if we are led by the Spirit of God. If we're walking in the flesh, we can't claim that. And if children, then heirs. If we're children of God, then we're going to uh, participate in glory. We're heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But there's going to be some suffering involved first. If so, be that we suffer with him, 
that we might be also glorified together. I just want to talk to you about our inheritance for the next few minutes. Amen. You can be seated. Where would I be today? I feel convicted in my spirit personally. Where would I be today if, it, if not for the grace of God? Where would I be today if, if God had not found me in the pit where I was? I, I don't have a, 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 a heritage per se in Pentecost or in, in knowing God. My family uh, was just like every other family is just, try, just trying to do, just trying to make it, just trying to do the best they could, just trying to serve God in the best way they knew how. But my family was broken and my, my parents were on the verge of a divorce and, and we were going to mass every Sunday and we, we just were doing what we knew to do. But God showed up and, and thankful that my mom worked with a lady who had a relationship with God who uh, went to a church just like this one and where the Holy Ghost uh, was received and, and the truth was preached. Amen. And, and our lives forever changed. My mom went to service with her and God poured out a spirit on my mom and my dad wasn't convinced. And so he, he would come to try and protect my mom and, and protect the kids, you know. <laughs> and I think I've told you this story before, but, but God got a hold of his heart too. And, and we're nothing. We're, we don't have a family name. We don't have a pedigree. We don't have riches or anything like that. But where, where would we be if God had not rescued us from the pit? Amen. The scripture said that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save as such which be of a contrite spirit, Psalm 34, 18 said. And so to me, and I'm, I'm slow, and whatever your pastor says is right, but, but to me, I look at things real, uh, real simple, all right? They called me slow Joe growing up. It's real simple. It's black and white to me. If, if God is near to the brokenhearted and saves those that are contrite in spirit, then I, if I'm not brokenhearted or I'm not ministering to somebody, if I'm not close to somebody who is brokenhearted, then the Lord is not near me. And I want to be near to God, don't you? Amen. I, I want the Lord to be near to me. And so where would I be if I could only remember that I'm only here today because of the grace of God? It's not by what I've done. I, I've not obtained anything. I, it wasn't because I was righteous that he saved me. It wasn't because I was qualified, but to the contrary, I, I was disqualified, if you will. But he picked me up and he turned me around. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Paul tells his conversion story in Acts chapter 26, and he's telling the brother, brethren that, that the Lord told him, rise and stand upon your feet verse 16 for I have appeared unto you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and those things in which I will appear to you delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom now I send you here's the reason he, he told Paul in Acts 26 verse 18 here's the reason why I did what I did in your life to open up their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they might receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Lest I, forget, for, lest I forget God saved me while I was doing my own thing, while I was wrecking havoc of, of my life and other people's, while I was living a life of nonsense, he saved me from that. I don't care if you were saved, if you were filled with the Holy Ghost at two years old, hear me, it's your testimony too that God saved you from a life of misery and sin and lust and death and destruction and he saved you from helpless and hopeless nights, he saved you from drugs and pornography and filth and, and alcohol and the list goes on and on and on of all that God has rescued you and I from. It's your testimony whether you realize it or not that we are saved by the mighty hand of God and he gave us an inheritance that we did not deserve. 
Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the inheritance that God gave us? Amen. Because he adopted us and it was simply his mercy. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The psalmist declared in Psalm 136, he said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth. Do you, do you see a theme here? For his mercy endures forever. Amen. And he's given God praise. And then he stops and he recounts all that the Lord had done, how he delivered the Israelites from the hand of Egypt. Why? For his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them for his mercy. And do you see the theme here? It's simply because of the mercy of God. It's not anything that I've done. But Lord, I thank you because your mercy endured forever. Your love chased me down when I didn't deserve it, God. When I was running from you. When I spit in your face. When I crucified you and nailed you my sins. Nailed you to the cross. But God, you chased me down with your love because your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I feel like praising him. I wonder if somebody want to praise him with me. I feel like giving the Lord thanks for all that he has done in our lives. He is so good. He is too good to us. Amen. And just like the apostle Paul, we were saved from a life of sin that none of us deserved. It was almost as if we stumbled upon the greatest of treasures. It was almost as if we found a pearl more costly than anything that we had ever seen before. And God knew. God knew as children, he had to save some of us. He had to save me as a child. He had waited till I was a stubborn, hard-headed adult. Perhaps there wouldn't be a chance. But God knew, and he rescued me at the, at the age of eight years old and saved me from myself. And, and I've made mistakes, and I've stumbled along the way, but God has been so merciful to me. Faith. We had to have faith in order to give our lives over to God completely trust him. When we lifted our hands at an altar and we repented of our sins, we asked God to forgive us. Amen. You remember that day? Sister Leah, this morning was beautiful as those, as those tears were coming down your face as you were worshiping God. I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful. Do you remember that day? Come on, can you remember when, when God just took all your sins away? All you simply did was ask him to forgive you, and he did it. Do you remember the load that, that, that was lifted off your shoulders? And when you were baptized in the name of Jesus, wow, is there anything better than all your sins washed away under the blood? Come on, faith. Faith is what we had. Faith indeed was all that we had. And faith proved to be enough. And I'm afraid somewhere along the way, if we're not careful, we can get a little bit too comfortable in our own skin with our own strength and we can become a little bit too familiar with the presence of God and maybe take for granted some things that we once held dear to us. It's as if now the attitude is, I've got this. I've got this. And, uh, but Paul said in Galatians 3, 3, oh foolish Galatians, you started in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? It's impossible. But what began in the spirit, the new birth, has to be continued in the spirit if we're going to end in the spirit. But I can't I take back over and say, Lord, I got it from here. I'll handle it. No, but this, when you're born again, it's a fresh new start. And this spiritual life with God must be spirit-led. It cannot be led by my flesh. But Romans 8 said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. He said in verse four, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many want life and peace? Amen. Amen. He said, so he said in verse eight, so then they that are after the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. But God is a spirit, he said. Jesus said in John 4, 23 and 24, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Not in flesh and not in falsehood, but in spirit and truth. If you don't have both spirit and truth, then what you're doing is not worshiping him. But he must be worshiped in spirit and truth. Can God talk to me? And can I talk to God while I'm in my flesh? Sure. Can God use me in my flesh? Sure. Can God use me in my carnality? Yes. He used Pharaoh. He used Judas. He even used a donkey. But that doesn't mean that they were saved. And don't, be, don't, don't, don't get it twisted that you and I can be used of God sitting on a pew or sitting on a chair. Absolutely, because God will do anything to accomplish his ultimate purpose. Namely, that none should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. He'll use anything and anybody to accomplish that purpose. But, but let's not kid ourselves. We can be used of God coming to church and clapping our hands and singing praise songs and teaching Bible studies, even preaching behind the pulpit. But I've seen a lot of people that fall, fell away from the Lord that were singing in the choir, even preaching. And I, I haven't seen too many prayer warriors backslide, though. I haven't seen too many people that were walking in the spirit that had a relationship with God backslide. But hear me. God said, Jacob, have I loved? But Esau, have I hated? Now, that's kind of harsh, God. I mean, you hate Esau. What is that? You know what he's saying there? I hated the attitude of somebody who would trade their eternal, who would trade something, their inheritance for a temporary, momentary satisfaction for something that's fleeting for something that's right in front of their face and I love to give Esau we all love to give Esau a hard time for cashing in his inheritance for a bowl of beans but hear me now what about me when I'm unwilling to wait on God and his timing what about me when I trade God's timing for my deadline what about me when I won't settle in and when I, when I won't take to God in prayer because, you know, I'm just a little too anxious. I got to get this done right now. What about me when I, when I refuse to, to wait on his timing and I just don't want to be lonely anymore? You know, what about me when I choose rather than go to him in prayer with my needs that I choose to go to my neighbor? Rather than talk to Jesus Christ and I talk to somebody else and I justify my conversations and I can try to convince myself almost that, that this is the will of God for my life. But hear me now. Be careful now. Let's be careful because God may let, uh, let, me, let me have exactly what my heart desires. Not because he wants it for me, but because I can't think about anything else. But having that one thing that I need, that I feel like I need and I want, and God will sometimes allow me to have that, exactly what he doesn't want me to have. And then I can justify it saying, God gave me this. Hear me? No. Let's be careful. God gave me this. Did God indeed give me this? Because, honey, anything that puts a stumbling block in my path on my way to heaven ain't a blessing from God. It's not a blessing from God. Now, the Bible said it rains on the just and the unjust. It's a worldly system that God has set up. It's just going to happen if you're righteous or you're unrighteous. If you're, if you're a saint or you're a heathen, it doesn't matter. Good things are going to come your way. But anything that takes away my attention from God is not his will. That's not God's will. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard many people say, well, God just, you know, God desires for me to be happy. I hate to burst our theological bubble here, but God really doesn't care about my happiness as much as he cares about my salvation. 
God wants me, it's like that, it's like the, he wants me in eternity forever. It's like the, the, the parent who, who his kid is screaming in the candy store and he wants candy, he needs candy. I remember waking up one time, <laughs> I remember waking up and um, I had dreamed of tricks. I dreamed of the, the cereal tricks, you know. And boy, I knew we had it because I dreamed of eating it. And I, I wanted tricks, so I was asking for tricks. And mom said, we don't have any. And I screamed and hollered. It's a wonder I'm alive today. But I would not get off of it because I just knew it. I saw it in my dreams. We have milk. We, we have milk. We have tricks. Well, just pour me a bowl. What is the deal? I don't know how old I was, but I was old enough to be a brat. But hear me now, and we say, uh, we say we need this. Or you, you think God? Hear me. Do you think God cares about my entertainment or my pleasure when there are hundreds of thousands of uh, millions of people out there that were lost and, and dying and going uh, to, uh, uh, they're headed to destruction? Do you think God is concerned about the relationship of my dreams? Do you think God? Come on now. Now I'm not saying that He doesn't. He, in order. Hear me. He's a jealous God. The Scripture said. And so God, yes, created the feelings of happiness and contentment. God gave us all that joy. He created those feelings only to be experienced inside the context of his will. If I'm outside the context of his will, it doesn't make him happy that I'm happy. No, it makes him sad. It makes him upset. It makes him jealous. Does that make sense? He's not happy that I'm enjoying life outside of his will. And we're really not enjoying, right? We, you've been there. You've done that. We've tried that rat race, and but we we keep we, ch we keep trying to chase after things that don't matter because it's never fulfilling. If it's not God, it's not fulfilling, and so we'll chase these things. And God sometimes will allow us to have it. But hear me: the Scripture said, "God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory." Philippians four nineteen. He's not so concerned about my wants. Now, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. And in the context of his perfect will, then things will start falling in line. Yes, God wants some things and he puts a desire there for you. But don't get it twisted. It's not your wants before, before his will. Amen. It's not my wants before my salvation, but it's all in proper context. When I serve God by faith, amen, and then all these things follow. Amen. But how do I obtain my inheritance? It is proven. A life of faith is proven through living a life of repentance. Repentance. And, and the only way I can obtain my inheritance is by faith, the scripture said. By faith. There's got to be some suffering involved and inheritance will be obtained by faith. Hear me. I said this morning that, that it's not agreeing with what I agree with. It's, faith is not agreeing and saying, yeah, I believe you, preacher. But faith is agreeing with the word of God. When I really believe the word of God, I will change. You know, you know that's why how somebody can, a guest can come in off the street and God will hear their cry and they say, I believe like this. And God will do a work in their life so fast. You ever seen that before? You know why? Because their faith is mixed with repentance. Because they say, I believe, and because I believe the word of God, I know that I need to change. I repent. And in a moment like that, God can respond to a heart of faith. That's true faith. Faith is not simply agreeing with no intention of what, when I walk out these doors, that I'm going to change anything about my life. That's not faith. Faith is not how, how, how much I scream. And I know I've screamed at you guys a lot. I'm surprised you're all back tonight. 
but it's not how much I scream or how much I do my dance or whatever. That's not faith, but faith is simply agreeing, my life agreeing with the word of God. God is looking how I live Monday through Saturday. And hear me now, the scripture said, to whom much is given, much is required. And if I want God to do a work in my life, guess what? I've been given so much, it's going to take a little bit more than what it would take a guest who walks in off the street. It's going to take some more from me. Because God knows, I know, I've been filled with the Spirit. I know how to walk right. I know how to be holy. I know what the Scripture says. And so to whom much is given, much is required. What I know God expects me to live, to follow. And if I want God to show up in my situation, faith, he's looking, he's looking at faith Monday through, uh, through Saturday, how I live my life, not just on Sunday, but God's looking at how I live my life. Is it a life of faith? He's coming back for a people of faith. Hear me, my way is the wrong way. Every time, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. His way is perfect. My way is imperfect. If there's a problem here, if there's a problem, it's with me. It's not with him. But one test of your faith is a simple test. I talk, we, we talked to pastor last night. We were talking about how you can prove or, or the, the word of God. And it's simple. When you put to test the things that the word of God says, that's how you can prove it. When you repent of your sins, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. It's as simple as that. And that's how we receive the Holy Ghost is we repent. And that's a test of our faith. It requires faith to receive the Holy Ghost. And it requires faith to keep the Holy Ghost. In fact, having the Holy Ghost is evidence of faith in my life because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is a substance. See, I, I have what I'm hoping for. It's the eternal presence of God living on the inside of me. It's the evidence of what I can't see. I can't see the spirit, but the evidence is I'm speaking in a new language. Come on, that's faith in action, in context. That right there is an example of faith. And the only way that I'm going to obtain my inheritance is to hang on, is to walk in the spirit. And when the flesh desires other things, I say, no, no, I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm a child of the living God. I will not do what the flesh wants to do. I will not live that carnal nature again. I'm not going backward, but I'm going forward. Come on now. We understand the idea of discipline in life in every, every other area. It amazes me how people can be so disciplined. It amazes me that they'll be disciplined with their diet and with, with their exercise and with their job. So disciplined. But they're not that way in the spirit. Isn't that amazing? The same applies. And if I want to obtain heaven, there's only one way. I've got to walk in the spirit. Amen. I've got, to, I've got to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. Come on, somebody. I want to obtain my inheritance, don't you? We have an inheritance that we did not deserve, but God simply saved us and said, now you're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And we can obtain it if we will hold on and live by faith. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Can we lift up our hands and say, God, I want it. I want my inheritance. I will trade nothing for it. I'm not going to lean into the temporary or to the satis uh, satisfying my flesh, God. No, no, no. I'm turning away from that, God. When the going gets tough, I'm about to get going. I'm about to live by faith. I'm about to walk by faith. Come on, I've got an inheritance to obtain. Oh, don't let me be guilty. Don't let me be guilty of saying something is God's will and indeed it's not his will. Indeed, it's my own will. Secretly, it's my own will and nobody's the wiser. Don't let me be guilty, God, of thinking that I'm somehow living a life that is pleasing unto you. Because things happen, and, and I may still be blessed here, and I may still be used of God, but it doesn't mean that I have a true, lasting, trusting relationship with God. Hear me, that, that's the deception now. 
Don't be deceived. We, we talked about this again last time, but we were just all over it. Just to, why we do what we do. Have you ever thought about that? Why am I doing what? Why am I coming here? Let's just answer the question, why? Am I just, is this just a ritual or why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I want to please God, don't you? Amen. And, and, but the scripture said, Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, how many times am I living a life according to my own wants and just expecting God to bless me and I'm not living by faith and I, am I, I'm just wasting my time? Can I just be plain? Because without faith, it's impossible. And we say God can do the impossible. He can't do the impossible. He can do what's impossible for me and you. He can't do what's impossible for him to do. And the, the scripture said it's impossible for him to lie. And it's impossible to please him without faith. And, and, and if, if you're anything like me, if you think, well, maybe I'll just ignore what God has said. And, and if I ignore it long enough, then perhaps he'll forget. God don't forget. Or maybe he'll change his mind. Or maybe, maybe he'll just let me do it my way. Hear me. He might let me do it my way. And that's the deception there. I desire nothing else but to please God. When you close your eyes, when you think about how you're living your life, are you pleasing God? And that's really what we want to do. I know it's, it's a different message. I know it's difficult maybe sometimes to hear. But really, what am I doing? Am I pleasing God? Or am I just going through motions? And am I just still being blessed? It, does not, it doesn't mean he's smiling down upon me. And that's a deception. There will be those in that day, in judgment day, he looks at and says, depart from me. I never knew you. But they'll argue with him and they'll say, but we cast out demons in your name. We spoke in tongues. We did this and that in your name. It could be Jesus name people in that day that are turned away. He said, I never knew you. Let's not be deceived because things may be happening. Let's really answer the question why each and every day am I doing what I'm doing? It's because I want to please God. Hear me, the Holy Spirit is not calling you and me to a life of convenience, but he's calling us to a life of sacrifice. He said, I've got an inheritance for you, but there's only one way you're going to obtain it. It's complete abandonment of self. Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, verse 24, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life, will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. It's against the grain of the flesh. It's, a, it's against the grain of this carnal man. We don't, we don't see it. We don't agree with it. Our, our, our natural, logical mind doesn't agree with it. We don't see how it can happen. But I'm telling you, if we live a life of faith, Jesus Christ is true to his word. He said, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And the question is tonight, that can God trust me with the inheritance that he has given me? Can God trust you? That's the real question. And we, we all, we've all said it, I trust God. Sometimes we say it flippantly, maybe in passing. I trust God. The real question is, can God trust me? with the inheritance that he's given me? Wow. Abraham was at a point of decision. Obey the word of God 
that's telling me to take the promise, to kill the promise. He had promised it. Years went by. I don't see how the promise is going to come to pass. And finally, it happens. <laughs> it's a miracle. And not too many years later, God says, take Isaac up the mountain and sacrifice him to me. Can you imagine the turmoil that was going on in Abraham's mind? It doesn't make sense. But the Bible said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. I'm sure he had questions. I'm sure he had doubts. I'm sure he had fears. But he staggered not as he put one foot in front of the other and said, God, I don't understand. Nevertheless, I trust you. And Genesis 22:12, when he was coming down with that knife about to kill Isaac, Genesis 22:12, God stopped him and said, no, nope, don't touch him. For now I know that you're willing to do whatever it takes. Now I know. The all-knowing, all-powerful God who knows everything said, now I know. And some things I believe God leaves up to us. It's your choice. It's my choice. Hear me. The Holy Spirit has set before you and I an open door that no man can shut. But he doesn't pick us up and throw us through the door. That's not how he works. It's up to me to take the step of faith. Am I going to trust God? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you slip up your hands right now? Come on, would you, would you talk to the Lord? Maybe I can have some help sis, or, or somebody can come to the keyboard. But I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel God's spirit is on it. We need a revival of faith. In these last days, we need to be a people of faith. Come on, the world is only attracted to a people of faith that, got something, that has something real, that has the power of God. They're not attracted to another program. They're not attracted to anything but the anointing that destroys the yoke. That's what the world's attracted to. I want to be a person of faith. I want to prove God's word to be true. Come on, when this world gets darker, they're looking for the light. And may they find it in you. Come on, you are called. You are the church of the living God. He didn't fill you with his spirit so you could sit there and keep it to yourself. But he filled you so that you could go share the gospel with somebody else. Come on, that's what he did for Paul. That's what he did for you. He filled you with his spirit so that you could be little Jesus running around and sharing the gospel message with somebody else. Come on, I want to be his hands. I want to be his feet. I want to hold on. Though it may be rough and though I may, though I may go through some things I don't understand, I want to hold on for my inheritance. I want to walk by faith. Come on, I'm not trading anything, anything. Come on, I'm not trading anything for my inheritance. I'm going to see heaven. I'm going to worship him. Come on, when that trumpet sounds or when my life is over, I'm going to be in the presence of God and I'm going to see you with me and we're going to hold hands together and we're going to dance around the throne of God and we're going to worship him for who he is. Come on, because we have an inheritance that we don't deserve but that he has graced us with because of his mercy. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet right now? Come on now, somebody. God's tugging on you tonight. I don't know what he's telling you, but I'm telling you there, there is nothing that God cannot do. If you need healing, if you need deliverance, you need salvation, come on, you can get it tonight. And it's practice. Let's go back to the base, uh, the baseline here. It's practice living a life of faith. It's practice by saying, I believe your word. I trust it, God. I'm going back to the basics here. And Lord, God, you can do anything. You're all powerful, Lord. 
I lift up my hands to you, Jesus. And Lord, at proving that I'm going to live a life of faith, I repent. I don't sit upon the throne of my heart. You do. God, you reign. You tell me where to go. You tell me what to do, and I follow you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I don't care what you're going through. If you'll hold on by faith, the Holy Spirit is here to encourage you. Say, don't give up now. Don't stop now. Don't stop so short of the inheritance that I've got prepared for you. Come on, can we gather around this altar area? Can we throw up our hands to heaven and say, God, I'm committed again. I'm recommitting myself to you, Lord. Come on, sir. God's talking to you. Come on, God's talking to you. He's dealing with you tonight. Come on, sir. God's dealing with you and saying, are you going to gonna live a life of faith in me or are you going to do it your way? I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel God speaking. Come on, I'm making up my mind. I'm committing my life to you, Lord Jesus, one more time. I commit myself again to you and to your purpose.